0: You're tuning into the Active Mom Podcast with physical therapist, Dr. Carrie Pagliano, a real mom's guide to all things postpartum return to workouts after baby. If you're a postpartum mom, coach, trainer, or physical therapist looking for answers on how to get back to running, CrossFit, yoga, Pilates, HIT, you name it, without the fear of pelvic floor issues or doing something wrong, this is the podcast for you. Let's start the show. All right. It's not that often when you get to be there at the moment when two people meet and then eventually get to see them get married, move on, have their first child, and then get to sit down on your podcast and talk to them about it. So I'm so excited to have on the podcast, dear friends, um, Doc Jen Fitz, and Dr. Dom Fraboni, um, otherwise known as the uh, host of the Optimal Body Podcast. Thank you guys for coming on the show and your brand new parents. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Thank you.
1: That's pretty special. Just that That's intro so right special. there. You were, you were there. You were there. I the was at it the
0: happened. table. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I was at the table. Um, very few people can say they were at the table, but it's yeah. so sweet to see where you guys have come. I've known Dom since he was a... PT student, um, so many millions of years ago, and um, just couldn't be happier for you guys. And um, your son is four months now. Good, you're vertical. I we we joked about maybe having this be nap time for all of us. I know. So, So tell us a little bit, kind of your background, um, just so if people haven't heard of you before, and then kind of uh, you know, a little bit about what your podcast is, and then we'll dive into kind of your postpartum experience.
2: Yeah. Um, so I guess I've had social media now since, gosh, uh, for since 2014. I think I've been your OG.
0: It. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's been a while. Um, but that was it started when I was in physical therapy school. Then I graduated, turned it into Doc Gen Fit, and started educating. And it's grown into what it is now just a larger educational platform. And then we've come together now and been able to create what's called the Gen health platform in order to help continue educating people to hopefully find solutions to keep moving and get out of pain within their bodies, which has been really incredible and really special.
1: Yeah. And I, on the other hand, met Jen when I was just fresh out of school and had all these ambitions of Private practice or starting my own business, doing something a little bit more non traditional. Um, met Jen, who was doing something very cool and non traditional, and we connected on a lot of different levels. And actually, at that point, I, I hated social media. Mm-hmm. I, I never, I still am, am not somebody who sits and scrolls a lot yeah. because I think most of what you find on social media is a cesspool of crap information and manipulation, trying to just get you to buy things. (laughs) Um, But when I met Jen, I realized that there is a a minority of people that are really using the platforms to get out great information, to be able to educate in the masses, to be able to reach a lot more people in more of a public health realm. And that's something I really grabbed onto because that was a a core mission of mine to be able to educate the masses um, and get people good information. And so... Yeah, we started working together more so full-time towards the beginning of quarantine because I was out in LA trying to build a private clientele that all went away when COVID and quarantine started. And now I do a lot more business and financial back end of our business, which I still every day feel like I have no clue what I'm doing, but I continue to learn and figure it out along the way.
0: When you have a good business partner, that's all that matters, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: okay. we're both just trying to figure it out. I used to say like going into PT school, I was like, Oh, I'll never own my own business. Like business right. that's over my head. And it's just kind of been where I've stumbled into. So having someone who's a little bit more organized on the back end is super helpful.
1: (laughs) Who likes numbers. Yeah, who likes numbers. I I hate numbers.
0: numbers. That's good to have. Definitely good to have. No, I mean, looking back, I mean, either of you, did you, like, you probably never envisioned, hey, we're going to share our pregnancy experience um, with my future wife, with my future husband in front of all of these people. And then also, you know, did you ever think that you'd be educating people about pregnancy and postpartum exercises, which, you know, it's been such a cool thing to watch you guys kind of introduce your experience to, I think probably an audience that that's not necessarily why they came in the first place.
2: Yeah, it's been such a journey. Um, You know, and I, what I've learned from social media um, through the years is the more vulnerable and real that you are, Just the more that you really connect to help create this community of people who are not maybe like-minded, but also just here to be real as well, rather than judgmental or anything like that. And so I've always been wanting to be open about my experience and and I'm grateful to have have someone who was (laughs) also in a stage... (laughs) You know, just willing to be open, willing to be vulnerable.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: He has shared a lot of vulnerable things through the years, even on our podcast. So, you know, this stepping into parenthood, it just feels kind of like a natural thing that, yes, we've always been sh- open and we've always been sharing. So this is yep. something that we are going to continue to share with our community because it it helps drive that connection.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the things about the the birth story that we were excited about along with sharing our story itself was that there were so many points along the birth story that we felt like there were teachable moments in a way that about advocating for yourself within those, you know, very important, very vulnerable States when your, your wife is going through um, the labor process and, you know, may not be the person who can advocate for themselves as much. So, so setting yourself up to be able to understand what the plan is, understand in certain scenarios, what contingencies or what the next branch of the plan is. And we had all that set up and hit some points along the birth story where there were challenges with providers or or challenges with just the process in general, but we had talked this all through and we kind of knew what our plan was going in. So along with sharing that story, there was this whole thread of being able to advocate for yourself and know what questions you want to ask and know what the plans are um, in case certain scenarios arrive. Yeah.
0: And that was such a, I, I think such a clear, clean, poignant thread that came through the story um, where you you can't control all the things. And I love that you got to like plan E and like, that's, that's reality. That's how it goes. And so I, I think it's so important to hear. Sometimes people think, oh, well, you're in the medical profession. You get things to go exactly the way you want. Like, mm, not exactly. (laughs) But again, the point of advocacy that I I think, I think you kind of spoke about Dom, where you're like, okay, I thought I could handle this, but it was so nice to have other people in there because it's your first time. You don't know what the hell's going on. Like you're not in sound mind and body at all. And you're like, just trying to drink from the fire hose and, and, you know, to have somebody, to have people in there that you know are on your team, I thought was such um, just a lovely message to put forward that I, I hope that more people understand that to advocate for yourself, to get what it is you're 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 looking for in the experience, the outcome may not be exactly as you planned, but the experience itself, you'll feel really good about. So I, I thought that was a yeah. lovely thread and and nice that you guys were able to speak about it so close to the time where everything's kind of fresh because a mm-hmm. couple of years that story will change, but the advocacy yeah. will still come through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, when you, you forget a lot a of it. Early. Yeah, you forget a lot of it so you have more kids, quite honestly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hear that's how it happens.
0: It does. It does. Um so I mean you guys your literal livelihoods are based upon, you know, activity and movement and all that kind of thing. You know, what were your kind of expectations as far as what those first, like that first six weeks was going to look like. What were your sort of thoughts? You've had friends that have kids and that sort of thing. And then what was sort of the reality and and where are you you sitting now four months afterwards?
2: Well, first of all, I thought I was going to have him a little earlier. (laughs) That was the hope in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I mm-hmm. took off work and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm really taking off work now because he didn't come until 42 weeks yeah, on the dot. Which is
1: another thing to mentally prepare for because I, yeah. I remember Jen telling me, she's just like, you know, pregnancy has been okay. But as soon as you hit 37 weeks and people oh. start telling you, oh, he can come any day now. He can come any day now. Like you're getting messages from your family and your friends like, yeah. is there a baby here? great day to have a baby like that wears on you over five Mm -hmm. weeks when you end up going two weeks late
0: (laughs) but both of mine were 41 and a half weeks and I I stopped working with Gianni at 38 weeks giving myself a little bit of a buffer and then so it was almost a month and it was January in the DC area you're not going to go out for a walk it's icy that sort of thing so There was a lot of Mad Men that I watched, so I hopefully that won't impact him later in life. But no, it's, it's, it's like enraging. You're like, come on, let's go. Yeah. So totally. that was
2: mentally yes. like something I had to prepare for. And I would tell him, like, I want to work. Like, it's stressing me out more not to work now. Yes. Yes.
1: Our midwife had said, okay, why don't you just stop working so we can lower stress levels? And after two to three weeks of that, she's like, this is no. more stressful, yes. not working.
0: It's so hard like, okay, to do nothing, yes. We're going to
1: go over emails. We're going to go over some program stuff oh, no. because that will help keep you more de-stressed. Right,
0: you're like, note your audience. <laughs> exactly. Totally.
2: I know. And then afterwards, you know, I mean, obviously I didn't expect to have a cesarean. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, I didn't, I, as much as I, I read about it, I studied it. I knew like that could happen. I wasn't mentally as prepared yep. <laughs> for the afterwards of it. Yep. Um, and so luckily, I mean, I had my cousin who had just recently gone through it and, and other friends. So I was able to like
0: Good. call upon
2: people of their experience and, yeah. you know, questions to ask or things to, to look out for. And I just knew that it would be a process coming home that I would need a lot of assistance. Yep. And Maybe that could have been the same vaginally, but I knew for c C-sect for a cesarean, like I remember laying down the first night when we got home because we were only, we only opted to stay in hospital for two nights instead of four. We just wanted to get home. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember I laid down and I had a huge body pillow next to me that I needed to move so that I could see the baby. And I remember crying because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to ask you to move my body pillow. Yeah.
0: I remember that it was same thing with me. I didn't expect our our first C, um, and just the idea of sitting up to feed or to roll over or, God forbid, to burp him was like next level stuff that was yeah. not part of what I had had thought about at all. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you yeah. project forward. You're like, please don't let this be the next, however many months. And it's not. But yeah. at the time, yeah. at two in the morning, oh man. <laughs>
2: I know, he, he had to do a lot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah which... and I mean, and I think I was ready for that in a sense. I mean, luckily, business-wise, content-wise, we have gotten good at batching stuff yeah. out. So we knew for that first month, we were both pretty Super much yeah. disconnected and away from creating content. And yeah, I just was on call and that became, especially for the first week, my primary gig was waiting for any sort of call or text or can you come grab my water can you my body pillow (laughs) (laughs) Um, and anything and just being able to like drop your identity for a week or two and just say hey this is this is where we're at and what i need to do to best support in this stage so
0: Yeah, um, it's it's nice to be able to do that. My my husband totally picked up the whole um, we had one of those like sling carriers. And mm-hmm. I I couldn't manage it because of the, the scar right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And he was sling guy, like he took the sling <laughs> on and it, of course, it was February. So we put the big coat on and, you know, a walk would be like, hey, let's go for a block, you know, but he yeah. would be sling guy. And we would get out and we would start to get going. And and we were really lucky like you, that we could be a little bit flexible because he hadn't planned on taking that much time off either. And I was like, dude, if you leave, I am done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this yeah.
1: is not going to happen. It's such a blessing that we both work from home and yeah. I can't even imagine. And we can't speak to people who yeah. need to be in a hurry to get back to work or,
2: or don't have the support, don't have the support I mean-
1: of family or a partner or. Yep. Whatever I mean, the fact that we were both able to be home and be there for Dante in those first months and continue to be, you know, both being at home um, has been a real blessing. And also on the flip side of that, a curse that we both work from home so that we're
0: right. <laughs> yeah, but no, that it, it gets to be a challenge. We, we watched a lot of NASCAR in the beginning because it was one of those things where we're like, oh. Ooh, look at the car. Zoom crash. Like it didn't require like a lot of like, brain cells.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> so, That's entertainment in the
0: beginning. <laughs> That's hilarious. So again, hopefully that doesn't affect my son later
1: on in life, but whatever. Yeah. I'm mad men and NASCAR. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe. <laughs> so like the first couple times you're like, all right, I'm going to try and exercise. I'm going to try and work out. Like what did that look like?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so first of all, I also have to say that I'm very grateful just in general, the knowledge I have being a physical therapist knowledge I have within my body and the fact that I was able to move so much during like all the way up to the 42 weeks, working out, lifting weights, you know? So the fact that I had a healthy pregnancy really contributed to how I felt afterwards. So I am super grateful for that as much as I needed help and needed everything to heal. I knew I could go to my breath exercises right away. I could open up in my upper back. I could, you know, so there were things that I could do to help um, facilitate the movement journey. And then, um, it was, I think it was around four weeks that I was doing, I was trying to get him down for a nap and I decided for some reason to do squats with him in order Mm -hmm. to like that drop feeling to (laughs) kind of rock him to sleep. However, four rounds of that i did four rounds or three or four rounds of ten
1: was it squats and lunches
2: yeah i couldn't walk for a week (laughs) oh my goodness so sore i was like what did i just
1: do she's coming down the stairs after putting him down for the nap like she just got done playing a football game or something she's like oh my gosh what what have i done
0: It, you don't realize how little, I think that's one of the the biggest kind of, um, it kind of screws with your head afterwards. You think, oh, I've been so active, yeah. you know, I've been moving, not realizing that like things have slowly deteriorated over nine months and it's a completely different body that you're navigating. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Dante really liked the, do- the drops, right? I saw you guys post a bunch of stories of like, oh my God, we're still doing this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He did. He likes to rock. That—that's when you're like, okay, I need to get more active quickly because this is the only way I can get him down. I
1: know. (laughs) That—that was my activity was holding him out front and like rocking him. I'm like, man, I'm getting some good core work. My arms, my shoulders are just like burning. If he's (laughs) struggling to go down for a nap for like ten minutes.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. But I I love Jen, Um, you had posted in the first couple weeks afterwards, just, you know, some breast stuff and quadruped things. And to me, it's, it's been such a cool thing now to watch moms like you have a place to start Mm -hmm. really early, because not to date myself, but like back in the day, and my oldest is 12, like, those were things that we held off on Mm -hmm. six weeks regardless of birth mode and that was standard of practice at that time and you know now looking back and thinking of all the things that we were expected to try and do in those first six weeks and we hadn't even connected with breath or found our deep abdominals like with him I very much felt hollow for a really long time and I think now that that was probably related to gosh you you couldn't you didn't find your abs for a couple of months Mm -hmm. um like it's 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 really cool, and I'm a little jealous. I'll be honest that you guys are getting to this stuff so much sooner, and it wasn't that long ago where we're like, no, 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 don't do a thing. And it just it kind of breaks my heart for for people that have a little bit older kids, and they're like, well, I didn't know. I'm like, well, we didn't either. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, did you guys do you remember having any lectures in PT school? I actually don't um, on kind of working with pregnant women early on. Because Jen, you're you're closer to kind of my year, but
2: yeah, honestly, no, I don't remember early postpartum. I I I feel like, I mean, yeah, no, it it would it would only be from what I learned outside of PT school,
0: right? And
2: courses that I continue to take, you know, but. That no, that was not in PT school for me.
1: And even when I try thinking, I mean, the only thing that I think of when I think of pregnancy, as far as what we learned in PT school, and this could also be because I sometimes didn't pay attention both in class, um, <laughs> I was I was you sitting, dumb. <laughs> I sitting there doing emails for for other things. Um, but like pregnancy was the ultimate contraindication or uh, protection
0: yes. for, every-
1: for everything. <laughs> and so yeah, but when I and I'm not a public health specialist. I don't specifically work with people in postpartum, but when I just use my science brain, it it doesn't make sense to me. If someone is up walking around anyway, if you're going up and downstairs, to be able to do exercises um, in a very focused way to connect back into your body, that is less strenuous than walking up and down stairs Mm -hmm. or walking, picking up your baby things that you're doing anyway, functionally throughout your day we should be able to give people exercises to connect back with their core to yep. get into different positions, especially if it's less rigorous than walking.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's one of the things that still, I just, I, I get to be in my bonnet about is when you have, like, I'll have somebody that I'm working with in pregnancy. We'll set up, I typically set up a postpartum visit, um, two to four weeks after the due date, depending on how, how, closely, if we know they're going to be on their due date or or not, Um, just to get started and give them some place to go. And then we'll do the six week later on. And I've had clients contact me and say, oh, my, my OB doesn't want me to come this soon, because I shouldn't be doing anything. And I'm like, you're doing stuff anyway. Can we front load some of this stuff? Can we clear out any red or yellow flags? Can we get you connected to some of this basic stuff? Like, it's just, it's so ridiculous, like you said. So on, on one hand, I'm really just, you know, smiling ear to ear that you've got these resources and you can start early. And it's just so much further than we were, but we're still banging our head against the wall with providers that are like, no, don't do anything. It's, you're going to mess something up. And even with the C-section, I was still walking up and down the stairs. I was still carrying a kid. I was still doing those things. Um, mm-hmm. Like why not teach somebody how to navigate that just like any other post-surgical situation. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I, I had to look
2: at like, you know, just getting out of bed and how I was managing my pressure because especially once everything is lax and and opened up from pregnancy and then all of a sudden you lose that baby, you know, if I, I could see the diastasis or the coning Mm start to poke poke through and I could see, you know, based on how I was moving, what I was doing, if I wasn't managing pressures, if I wasn't thinking about it. And again, I contribute that to being able to know that stuff though. Yes. And someone who, even if the information is out there, doesn't know what that looks like, doesn't know what to look for. Yeah. Now is being told they can't go see a provider, you know, that it's so.
0: Well, and you're able to come at it with a sense of curiosity because you're like, oh, isn't that interesting? Look at that. Mm -hmm. Whereas other moms might be like, Oh, my God, and I can't do this. And and that's where I feel like there's still a subgroup of moms that get stuck there.
2: Yeah.
0: And and that's kind of where I think we were back when I had my oldest was you could do stuff off the mat. And that was kind of where it ended. And you were still doing that months and months and months down the line. Mm-hmm. And then Oh, by the way, now you want to go work out, but there was no bridge to that yeah. gap at all and i i love that that's improved but again to your point like you can have access to this information but when you your primary you know ob is like oh no like there's there's an authority figure saying no this is bad and you're like <sighs> What do I yeah. do? Do I argue? Like
2: <laughs> I know. I mean, hopefully now we have the ability to just go directly to a PT. Yes. But yeah. and people would know that, but they, no they don't, concept. you know? Yeah. So
0: but again, like you you guys sharing kind of those initial first weeks and part there was the mom part of my brain where I'm like, you guys shut the camera off, take your time yourself, but also <laughs> the appreciation of just that little bit. Um, because there is a group there, there are moms out there that do not for variety of resource reasons, have the ability to go see a provider, have the ability to do whatever. Now they have at least some good information to be like, Hey, this is a place to start. I am not alone. I am not screwing anything up. Like it's good vetted information. And that's where I think our profession has a little bit more to learn about. Um, we, we need to make sure that, that, we're providing information to the masses. And then also we can be individual when the need shows itself, but to be able to um, provide information to people who may not have all the resources, I think is so incredibly important to share what we know. Um, And you guys do such a a great job of that. And to, again, to do that in the first couple of weeks postpartum, I bow down to you because I would not have done that. (laughs) I
2: swear that's when the adrenaline was like, I was like, Oh, no sleep but I could do this. I pulled on lighters and I not used to <laughs> not the same thing, but I'm telling you in those first four weeks, mm-hmm. my, I would have more energy than I do now. <laughs> like, I don't know how I was excited. I was like, well, I'm sure. not working out too much. I'm resting. I'm getting help. And I- there
1: was a little <laughs> bit of that whole work from home workaholics thing creeping in yeah. where it's just like, okay, he actually was taking decent naps because he's uh-huh. born and he sleeps a lot. So it just right. like, so Jen's I like, oh, I'll put a little post together, and right. I, it's hard. To, it's hard. To I, understand. <laughs> I
0: understand. I understand. My second. I think I um I wrote a whole conference presentation after my daughter was born because she all she did was sleep during the day, and I was yeah. like, all right, well, I, you know, there was days that the nanny had Gianni, and I was yeah. like, all right, well, you're sleeping, so I might as well get stuff done. <laughs> so I understand, but that was second yeah. kid. So I bow down to you that it was your first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So knowing everything that you you know so far, um, what do you think is missing the most um, for moms to kind of get information about kind of working out in pregnancy and those early postpartum weeks and months um, and where they could use the most support? Like where are the gaps from the seats that you're in right now?
2: I mean, I still... Wish that it was a requirement to go see a pelvic floor therapist during pregnancy, second or a third try, or maybe once at least for both, and then um, afterwards. I wish that it was a requirement to see a pelvic floor therapist. Um, that's where I feel like the best education and connection to the body could help. Could help, you know. I saw a pelvic floor therapist myself, not afterwards, but before. Mm-hmm. Uh, twice in order to work on that connection, understand where I might be tight or weak or loss of control or uncoordinated. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't see what I don't know. Yeah, and so being able to have someone to guide me in that, and then to, and yes, I had the tools and the resources to still know how to work out, but ha- that—that's where some a pelvic floor therapist could help. Hopefully, guide you and what's safe and what you could do and how you can manage your pressures for your individual body because it's also not going to be the same for everyone. Right. So knowing, so getting to see someone, maybe even virtually, I I wish could be accessible to more people. Yep. Um, and a requirement. Yeah.
0: Dom, how about
1: you? Yeah. I mean, I. Just speaking from watching Jen do this, being somebody who is so educated and in the know, I mean, I can parrot everything that she just said and that we we need to prepare people for the possibilities <laughs> and we yeah. need to, I mean, we'll have somebody like you mentioned, go through some sort of orthopedic surgery where it's like a, a patellar reconstruction or something where they're like non-weight bearing in a cast straight leg for four weeks, but they're already going to PT right to just prepare them for the, okay, this is how you get in and out of bed. This is how you yep. walk up and down stairs if you need to. This, this is how you can sit to stand a little bit easier. And it seems like such trivial things, but we educate those people on that. Yep. Where? Why is that missing? Just because it comes to <laughs> pregnancy, pelvic floor, pelvic health, which historically has been one of the most stigmatized topics in, in health. Like, we need to start introducing this yeah. education a lot earlier. I would even go further and say people should be seeing a pelvic floor, pelvic health therapist through the stages of puberty, through you know pre-pregnancy. Yeah, just again to prep the body for the future. Yeah, for people who are going to have babies or not. <laughs> you yeah. know, like we need to be educating on this topic more yeah. um, just so people aren't so in the dark trying to search Instagram where there's yeah. eight, eight to nine poor posts and you know, right. for every one high quality content post that's yeah. out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I'm sure it, it it's like a weird uh, switch that gets flipped once you have a kid where all of a sudden you just look at the world in a different way and you look at your kid and you're like, I want you to know more than I did. And um having a daughter, um, having a son, like I've had to learn about penises and all that kind of stuff. And I still don't understand like trying <laughs> boy hormones. <laughs> Probably both my kids are gonna go through puberty simultaneously, one early, one late. So pray for me. Um and, but just like the things that I didn't know. And even like in PT school, you think you kind of know, but now later on I'm like, no, nah, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And just arming them with that information. um, So that the first time that my daughter has a conversation about her pelvic region isn't after a delivery. It's like, she's totally versed on that. Like, she knows all about her 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 body and her parts, and she knows what they look like. And the first time that she looks isn't after she's birthed a human, like that right. kind of stuff. But right. it does; it totally kind of spins things on their head, and, and it makes you look at like, all right, I want to do better going forward. But I've also got to ensure that that our kids kind of have a a better situation and better knowledge than we did. It's just, it's one of those yeah. things that I, I don't think you plan on. You kind of understand, but once you're in that role, you're like, yep, I'm gonna figure out how this happens. Um, so for you guys, um, like, again, like you were very diligent with workouts prior to this, what have been the challenges, um, (laughs) to workouts through the last couple of months and then kind of looking forward, knowing that things will change. Um, what are the, the anticipated challenges that you think you might run into? (laughs)
2: Um, let's see for workouts. You know, I just knew that I was going to lower my weight right off the bat and not go super heavy with things
0: and
2: yeah. drop my ego with any of that and know that that's okay. And I'm working into a whole new body. Um, and so that was my, you know, kind of anticipation going into workouts and everything. You know, what's funny and it's like, and I've come reworking the core has been a huge, part of my process, yeah. um, and understanding and, and having to drop ego with that as well, from yes. where I used to be with core to where I am now. Um, I remember I, we, we filmed something and I did a leg lift and in my mind, yes. it like, I've done leg lifts my whole life because I was a gymnast. They're so easy. And I got halfway up and I couldn't do it. And I was like,
0: what? Yes, am
2: stuck because right before that, I did a pull-up, which I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to do a pull-up, but I did a pull-up, so I thought, oh, I could do a leg lift, no no problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Gosh. could not, which, of course, when I say that, is such a high-level activity, like it's to bar for those who might not know what right. I'm talking about for a leg lift.
0: That's a high-level activity. Yeah, some of us are still I'm, working on that. <laughs> I
2: mean, to think that I'm going to do that... Three months postpartum. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But it, but what I appreciated when I watched back the video is that I used my breath, I controlled my core, and I yep. didn't have any symptoms that you could see from, or I didn't feel anything either from coning or doming or anything yeah. like that. So it was amazing to me to be able to watch that video, but also amazing to me that I was like, wow, that's so not even close.
0: <laughs> yes. No, Bri- it, Brianna Battles talks about uh, the athlete mindset and athlete yeah. brain, which I, I think so many of us that are PTs connect with, it's like, in my head, this is what yeah. I should be doing. And then <laughs> video is a great thing. It's like, I always like think I'm doing something and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm super fast or I'm flying really high, jumping yeah. of this box. And then you look at it and you're like, oh God, <laughs> that is not yeah. what was going, going on in my the head. They did not match. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I know. Um, how are you doing, like getting both of you getting in workouts, um, each day? Because again, I think that's the other thing too. A lot of moms run into the fallacy that, and I remember being like this, if I couldn't have the perfect 40 minutes, then yeah. I wasn't going to do it. And you know, and I know that the perfect 40 minutes doesn't exist. So mm-hmm. what, 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 what has worked for you guys? <laughs>
1: Still figuring that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, no, you will be for a long time. <laughs> will be for the next 20 years, I'm sure. But I, I think you hit on it. Like you expect to have the perfect 40 minutes or, yeah. you know, while Jen was still pregnant or pre-pregnancy, it's just like, you can take an hour and a half, two hours. Right. I can, I can run and play pickleball. I was playing pickleball, like four, five, six days a week. Cause I just got into the the craze right. um, prior to, uh, and then come home and lift some weights and there you go. You got your great workout in. But I think it's just like a lot of it is reforming in your head what activity and working out means. Yep. And I think something that I've really grabbed onto is like having those little movement snacks. (laughs) You know, how do I introduce a lot more movement snacks throughout my day where he goes down for a nap? He's in a stage where his nap could be anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes right now. So it's just like, how can I just get down and do 25 push-ups and 25 squats and then be ready in case he gets back up because Jen's working right now. What's my, my time to have, have the babe. We've had minimal childcare help um, in this first stage of pregnancy. Jen's mom's helping us out a couple of days a week now, um, which has been incredible, but yeah, just reforming what that means and making these (laughs) agreements with your partner where it's just like, okay, why don't you work out, I got him for an hour, hour and a half. Yes. Um, And then we'll pass off and I get to go do something. But my athlete mindset came in where I was like, he was four or five days old. We're at home and I'm like, what can oh I do? Gosh, yeah. What can I do to just keep myself active? Like mm-hmm. i stayed active through Jen's whole pregnancy. I was feeling great in my body. I'm like, I got it. I'm going to do 100 burpees and 25 pull-ups every day. <laughs> And that's, that's something I don't recommend for the average person. Probably shouldn't myself have done that, but <laughs> I'm, three days, I'm three days into this and I just felt wrecked. <laughs> um, we also got COVID in tandem with that. We got COVID no. two, like 10 days into, yeah, into oh Dante God. being born. So I'm Ugh. dealing with all the soreness from doing that, plus my full body soreness, aches, and fatigue. Oh from COVID. my goodness. Plus no sleep. Um, no <laughs> oh, sleep. Oh you but I to- stuck with it. <laughs> that was a that was an easy thing for me to be like, okay, I can get 10 burpees in and go do five pull-ups right now while he's
0: feeding not done choose burpees as my first exercise back. Like that's just that that that's not yeah. joyful to me.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I mean it did it spark joy? I don't know, but was it something that I knew I could do in brainless. 10, 15 minutes? Okay. Brainless activity, get okay. it done. And then I felt really good about okay. it. And I,
0: I, I may so. not want to go any further into your brain, Dom, but.
1: <laughs> no, no. But insert something different in that. It's like, hey, I'm just going to do 10 step ups or 15 yeah. step ups.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, you know, kind of having that little, I I like the movement snack. I like the, you you know, the things that are easy ideas for you, maybe not easy to execute, but easy ideas to do. I feel like that thread will serve you Mm -hmm. until Dante's older. And just because again, like now I'm at the stage where like, for example, my daughter's got choir tonight and she's there an hour. It's not enough time for me to go there, come back and then go get her again. And so I have things that like, it's the planning ahead. If you know, Mm -hmm. I've got this time, this space, this is what I can do in that. It's easy. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to look anything yeah. up. but you have to plan it ahead because it's really easy to slide other stuff in there as you guys, you know, and especially yeah. if you're workaholics, it's really easy to slide work in. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, if- I, kind
1: of- I was just gonna say having a baby in itself can offer so many cool opportunities to get in movement and mobility yep. in ways you previously didn't. I mean, you're you're spending yep. so much time on the ground. Yeah. a yeah. lot of people might start to realize how tight you are on your hips, how tight you're on your back, get yourself on your stomach, press up with them. Do things that you haven't done coming up to having a baby that, that are going to help so much with that mobility in your body. You might not be getting the strength workout or the run that you usually did, but it's going to help you feel something different to sit in a 90, 90 or kind of a shin box position and play with your kid there and feel how it helps open up your hip rotation. So many cool opportunities. Well, and for
2: me too. like talk about the brain, like I needed to have something that I could follow. Like luckily we were, we were launching a challenge that included strength and mobility. (laughs) There you go. Right. When, right. When I was getting back into movement, so it was perfect timing for everything. And I did it you know like i'm yep. literally doing what i'm telling other people yes. to do because it's so easy to just be able to be like oh this is what's on the day this is yep. what i'm doing and we and we try to be super mindful of when we shot these workouts they were like 20 to 25 minutes because mm-hmm. we are addressing the busy mom a lot yep. and so it was perfect you know and it was something that i knew that i could i could get to it wouldn't take too much time i could usually finish it within an app period and yep. I didn't have to think anymore. Yes. And then I continue to do our programs and our plans because again, it's that thought process of yes. not having to plan, having it ready and available and just moving.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, and, and I, I, have you guys read atomic habits, James Clear? Um,
1: Actually I, I listened to the audio book, but yeah. Yeah,
0: no, it, I I read. So he was on the podcast last year. Um, and he wrote that before he had kids. And I was like, you are speaking to moms here when <laughs> you wrote this, whether you knew it or not. I'm like, getting things you enjoy, they're actionable, they're easy, like everything's set up. Like, if you can get that figured out when he's this early on, you guys are going to be fine. Because that really is like, things are going to keep changing. And so you keep having those things that you can go back to, it'll, it'll keep serving you. So Um, but that's great that your app does that. It will already set up these really short actionable workouts. And again, I love the brainless part because you don't have any brain cells left. They're like, they're, they're being used for other things.
2: (laughs) And that's where I really call upon like Dom too, like in, in moments where, we've had no sleep or, you know, Mm -hmm. I, you would think that I wouldn't want to work out, but because I mentally get so fatigued from things, I need the workout. So I'll text him and say, can you please just, if he gets up, can you just settle him or be with him after this nap? I need to finish this workout. Like for me mentally, like this is where I need to be. And he'll step in.
0: And so, so good that you know that about yourself, but also so good that you know that your partner is going to back you up on that because there's so much of the mom guilt again, where you feel like, oh my gosh, I've always got to be with them. And then, you know, three kids five years later you you're trying to pick up the pieces when you didn't take care of yourself. And I see that a yeah. lot. So, yeah. um, great examples. All right. We have some questions that, um, that everybody gets at the end and we'll, we'll, we'll substitute right. parent for mom here, Dom, for you. Um, Perfect. so favorite activity, uh, since becoming a mom, it doesn't favorite have to do with Dante activity. either. You can be whatever you want. <laughs>
2: I mean, it really, it does have to do with, it. I think our family walks um, are like my favorite thing at helps to de-stress at the end of the day. It's like super fun just to have, the, I usually like to wear him. So like having that closeness with him, having our family just go on a little walk, whether it's an hour or 30 minutes, like mm-hmm. that's. One of my new favorite activities. And the hot. crazy
1: neglected big sister pup that we I know. have.
0: Your dog has been such a saint. And thank you for all your dog traveling advice you've given me, by the way. <laughs> <So>. oh. <laughs> our dog now flies with us too. <laughs> so.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Um, I would say similar is just like our family trips to the park. We have a park mm-hmm. just nearby and again, we don't spend much more than 30 to 50 minutes there yeah. because we get yeah, there, we get all time. set up. We yeah. try to hit it during his awake time, but just being able to be outside and starting to find those ways to set the example. Yep. Like we want to be outside with our family and our, we yep. want our kid to see that having that outside and that active time is important. And so being able to feel like we're still walking the walk and showing Dante the example of what it means to be busy, to be a parent to be running a business and also to take care of yourself.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. And 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 with little kids too, and once he gets moving a little bit more, like if we didn't go to the park twice a day, someone was going to die and it was probably going to be me. <laughs> so yeah. like they need that outdoor time, especially, especially little boys are like they need to get out there and, and get all that energy out. And it does make for a better day for, for everybody to just get a little fresh air. So I, mm-hmm. I love that. All right. One piece of advice um, and we'll substitute for parent here. One piece of advice for new parents,
2: you know, ask for support. And Mm. I think that's really important. Um, And, and know your boundaries. I will say that too, because if you can't handle people coming over or you feel like you need to host them or you need to take care of them, or they don't know what it's like to be a new parent who aren't going to help around the place (laughs) or bring food or do something, you know, supportive don't have them around right now. And just that, have that be okay. I think knowing your boundaries, asking for support, that's everything in the early stages.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, my piece of advice, I think could be a great piece of advice for every, everyone, but like start breaking down your expectations and try to go into things without, Hard and fast expectations about how it's going to look, how the day is going to go. Yep, you can plan out a day to the T, and n- none of it will go oh how no. you wanted oh no. to. So, <laughs> being able to be flexible, be comfortable, being uncomfortable, uh, be okay with change in the schedule. Um, that's I like to have my day pretty planned out, and that's been a little bit of a challenge for me. But just telling myself, like, hey, I need to wake up every day ready for the unexpected and ready for things to change.
0: (laughs) No, that again, like getting that dialed in early does make life a little bit easier later on. All right. Who is somebody in, um, since you guys have dug into this a lot recently, who is somebody in pregnancy postpartum space that we should know about that we may not know about? Ooh, what are resources that really served you?
1: (sighs) I mean, you're going to be better at this one than me, and you're <laughs> probably going to hate my answer. Uh
0: oh. Uh oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what you're gonna... Um, like a specific person that people should know yeah. about.
0: Yeah. Where Where did you get some information that you really was like, yeah, that was good stuff. I was really happy that I yeah listened to that or connected yeah. with that person.
2: Um, Mama Stay Fit. Mm-hmm. Where was a great resource during, especially during pregnancy. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
2: and I actually took their childbirth class and I really appreciated it. Um, spinning babies was Mm -hmm. great to have. And we, we did a webinar from, or one of their classes or something. Um, and then afterwards, I mean, I've just learned so much through the years I would say, but, um, Specifically, I mean, there's so many people that I feel like I love. You know, there's the Vagina Rehab Doc. Mm-hmm. I love her. She she's has she's great hysterical. Information. Yep. She's hilarious. We even had her in our house and she's so great. Um, uh, oh my gosh. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I can't even like think of
0: everyone. Obviously. She's got where mom where brain, brain dumb. I, do. <laughs> I do. <All> I right. do. <laughs>
1: Here's my answer. And this is why Jen's going to hate it because Uh Jen forever has had this type of imposter syndrome that because she's not a pelvic health specialist or, you know, hasn't specifically gotten the credentials. But when it comes to Jen's content, it's so easy to understand. It gets you down to the root of feeling something different when it comes to your pelvic floor, when it comes to core connection and contraction, she has had so many challenges or courses in the past that people have gone through and say, I stopped leaking. I, I, I don't yeah. leak when I sneeze anymore. And it's not a course that was meant at all for, you know, leaking or, or pelvic health. It's just when you yep. start to understand good core contraction and how to incorporate that into your everyday functional life. Um, it's, it's everything. And so I would say Jen and her content and and the ease of being able to understand um, getting back connected with that core and how to translate that into strength, whether that's a strength workout or movement or jumping. um, She's great at it.
0: You're such a good husband, by the way, (laughs) and a good partner. (laughs) 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 The thing That thing that touches me about that is like, and again, about both of you, I've known Dom a little bit longer, but like, this is just inherently who you are. And I, I just love that people get to see that about you. Um, but no, to your point, too, this is actually a conversation I have with my PT students is so many of them will not go forward and be official, you know, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, pelvic floor PTs. But I'm like, if you know those connections, if you can say the words, if you can ask the questions Things that you are going to do are going to impact somebody will eventually bring you over to the dark side. But it's one of those things where I'm like, you don't have to just like this doesn't make me special just because I can do internal doesn't make me special. The fact that you're encompassing all these things in a holistic way, that's to me um, what makes somebody a public floor PT like that i I get upset about the whole internal external thing, but I, I I agree with you, Dom. i I think you know, Jen and and again, because you put out just a lot of good content period um to be able to feel comfortable enough to highlight these pieces, I think has been a really good gift for for people who follow you and I hope they they appreciate that and are they're able to use it. so yeah. all right, last one here. Dom, this is just for, this is just for Jen. What does it mean to you to be an active mom in postpartum? Oh
2: boy. Um, I think primarily it's listening to your body and giving yourself grace. Like that is, that was my message prior to pregnancy postpartum. And that is even more so my, you know, answer now, um, you know, movement to me looks really different. I only get like two to three strength workouts in a week at this point. I've dabbled in starting to get a HIT workout in every now and then, but mm-hmm. that's super inconsistent. Um, and it's more about like, okay, can I get outside and go for a walk? Can I yeah. go to the park? Can we, you know, active is, is just, it, it's going to change on a day-to-day yeah. basis, having no expectations, like Dom kind of said, and just allowing, you know, this time and this process. And and I also like, I'm just honoring my body for what it's able to do right now. I mean, and what it has done, yeah. I'm solely breastfeeding. So to know that I want to have that as the forefront, I'm not as worried and concerned about how I look or what's going to happen with my body or how much strength I can get back. It's more so like, can I, can I be there for my baby and produce what he needs and, and make sure that that is what's taken care of most right now. And so I think, you know, the active mom, that's going to look different for some people. Some people won't want to breastfeed and that's, they're going to be able to go back to more heavy workouts or doing more stuff, you know, but honoring your body, honoring your journey, and having grace for it all, I think is so important.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, it's been so lovely watching you guys kind of go through this. And again, I'm like, I was there in the beginning. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Kids are growing up so yeah. fast. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to learn more about Jen and Dom, um, you can find them on Instagram at Dr. and Dr. Dom DPT. Jen and Dom Bony. thank you so much. And congratulations. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell a friend to do the same. Are you a postpartum mom or postpartum pro wanting to know more about getting back to running after baby? Check out all my free goodies on KeriPagliano.com. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carrie Pagliano and her guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.